guys. It is the OG of HRC back in the house. Thank you for joining us again. And if you, this is your first time, welcome. So I am the OG of HRC and this is the OG of HRC way. So welcome, welcome. So last time we left you, we were talking teachers and hashtag clear the list, which is still going on by the way. So Check it out, hashtag clear the list and help some teachers out. And we wanted to talk to some teachers. That's what our hope was. And uh, we're still trying to work that out. All you teachers are so busy and I've learned now. So many of you work second jobs and obviously have your own lives and families. So that story is to be continued, but I promise we will not forget about you. Um, And all of us, all those teachers who've been giving us so much love on Twitter, we love and appreciate you so much. So, and we'll retweet as many clear the list as we possibly can. Um, So with that being said, I just wanted to talk about a couple things uh, today. And I have some friends who will be joining me a little bit later to talk some gossip and fun and uh, life issues. But until then, it's just me. And um, here at the OG of HRC Way, our goal is to talk about stories that aren't being picked up by the main news media, and um, that's where we tend to go. However, something's kind of caught my eye today that, uh, or the last couple of days, I should say, that's kind of left me a little bit perplexed, and I felt like I wanted to talk about it. And that is, as many of you know, uh, Justice Kavanaugh is back in the news. Um, I don't want to go into great detail of what's going on because many of you you're following it and you hear it and you know exactly what's going on so I'll leave that there but I what I want to talk about is actually how triggering all this can be for you survivors and victims out there I myself am a sexual assault survivor and um, I know that when this Kavanaugh issue happened last year I was triggered um, quite often, and when it sort of resolved itself, I thought, okay, <laughs> you know, as as for me personally, as sad as this is, um, let's move forward, and hopefully this has brought some awareness. But here we are again, and I feel like it's going to get extremely dirty, and no one's going to be talking about the women out there who are struggling because they're hearing about sexual assaults and abuse every single day on the news. You know, what's crazy about all this is I am a huge Law & Order SVU fan. I mean, I've seen every episode going on the 21st year, and I adore Mariska Hagerte, who plays, of course, the amazing Olivia Benson. And the great thing about it is that Olivia Benson is there to save the day for so many women, and it makes you feel like there's hope. But in the real world, there is no Olivia Benson there to save all of us. And so many of us live in fear and live in silence. And when something like this happens on the larger scale as a country, we tend to divide and we point fingers. And to me, all that does is silence even more of us. And how sad is that? That, uh... You know, what will happen is, I guarantee you, the conversation for a few days will be about the victims and, and about women, and, and you'll hear all these statistics, and and then over a couple of days, that'll disappear. 
and we'll all go about our lives. And like I said, Olivia Benson won't be there to pick us up. So I guess my overall point of that is that as this goes on, and it will go on for a while, I could almost guarantee it, really stop and think before you talk about this openly because there's so many of us who are terrified to say our truths and if we do tell our truths we're terrified that no one will believe us or that we'll be asked things like well are you sure that's what happened or were you drunk or did you ask for it or did you lead him on in any way it's just a very tricky tricky situation and I just think that no one is really thinking about these women and how hard all of this can be on them. And let me just say as, as a uh, survivor that never once when I told my truth, uh, never once did I think about anything other than I just want my truth to be told, to set myself free. And once I did, there was backlash and there was issues as there always is in these situations but I felt free and I wish that for every single woman who's listening to this I wish for you to feel free and I wish for you to know that you are not alone and that there are so many of us who are standing behind you and we can be our own Olivia Benson's I suppose but uh, I hope that during this tough time with Kavanaugh 2.0 that we handle things just a little bit softer this time around because Last time was just uh, no real words. And um, so if you truly, if women who are listening to this, if you are a survivor and you need someone to talk to, please feel free to reach out in social media, the OG of the HRC way. And I truly mean this. And if I can't help, then I can pass you along to someone who can because, like I said, we are not alone. And we're going to be filled with pretty heavy you know, the next couple of weeks. I just wanted to get that out of the way. I don't, again, I don't want to go into uh, my personal beliefs with Kavanaugh and, you know, because uh, <laughs> that's not what my podcast is about. My podcast is about bringing awareness and bringing things to light. So I hope that all of you listening, you maybe you've learned to take, handle this all a little bit softer because, you know, we're all just humans trying to get through. That being said, I want to move on because once my my lovely girlfriends arrive, we are going to be talking about women. And so I thought I'd talk before they got here about some kind of issues that have come up this week that sort of made me go, okay, we've come so far, but yet we still have so far to go in terms of equality and all that jazz. So um, me, I am a, a, uh, (laughs) a rather large fan of Madam Speaker Nancy Pelosi, um, simply because I am a girl from the Bay Area and I grew up, Pelosi obviously was Congresswoman from San Francisco and she just always was around and she just inspires me. And uh, so it's interesting watching her become Speaker of the House the second time around. It's interesting how I'm noticing how people inside the Democratic Party People on the outside, um, people on Twitter are demanding things of her. They are demanding that she impeach Donald Trump today, which I don't even want to get into that, but (laughs) they're demanding that she answer for this, that she does this, that she wear. And it's so funny to me because I think if she was a man, would the Democratic Party, would 
Twitter? Would outsiders, would independents be demanding anything of him? Because I'm thinking back on the last couple of Speaker of House that we've had. I mean, Paul Ryan, he had full control of the House, obviously, and they had full control in the Senate, and they just got Donald Trump. And he pretty much was a lame duck speaker, and they didn't demand anything of him. And Newt Gingrich, they didn't demand anything of him, ever, even when he was going down this crazy road of impeaching Bill Clinton for, you know, an affair. So you never heard any demands. Um, I think it's one thing to say, you know, I really wish Pelosi was doing this faster or that fast, but to demand, and I see these, these demands mostly on Twitter, people inside the Democratic Party who just, they, they think that she has a magic wand and she can impeach Donald Trump and everything would be okay. And it's just so wild to me. It's wild. And then what's funny is, they demand this of her and they spend so much time in many ways belittling her and how she's running the house and and yet when she does something and stands up to Trump in whatever way she's everyone's savior again and you know like when we had the shutdown and and she won that whole battle with the shutdown and she gave him nothing and he left and he thought oh man that sucks and and everyone loved her then right and then what happens? Two days later, you're demanding things of her again. And I just, I find it to be just just so funny. Because also, let's keep in mind, folks, she's the third most powerful person in our government. Meaning, she has clearance, the same clearance as the Vice President of the United States. Meaning, no one knows more than her except for Donald Trump. So, it's just, everything with Pelosi is the long game. And I know that's really hard to to hold off and pray. But she's in the, for the long game. I mean, last time I checked, she won us back the House with a large majority. And <laughs> here she is out there again, fundraising, because that's what she does best, and picking candidates to make sure that we keep the House. And at the same time, in her own way, trying to help win back the White House and the Senate. So it's like, it's the long game, folks. And I just, I mean, really ask yourself that. If she were a man, would you be making these same demands? Because, listen, she's not perfect. None of us are. But I think that she's in an extremely difficult position of trying to balance a party that some some parts of it are going more extreme left. The other parts want to stay in the center. And then you have a president like Donald Trump, nothing like we've ever seen before. And she's trying to balance it all. And um, I think she's doing one hell of a job, truthfully. And that's, you know... Pelosi does best when she's backed into a corner and she's in a corner right now. So, you know, maybe give her a little bit of slack and and, and think, you know, <laughs> again, no one demanded Newt Gingrich do anything. So l- let's just all take a second there, take a beat. And this is not even me being biased because if I'm biased, I will say beforehand, oh man, I'm, I'm biased as, you know, but <laughs> I'm not. I, I just find it shocking. Shocking. And and I saw it the other night again with the debates where, listen, I, I love Joe Biden. I do. I think he I think we all do. He's Uncle Joe. Uh, but what's really funny is he's not a good debater. Uh, he does not know how to speak off the cuff. I mean, he was the most prepared. I've seen him probably in any debate in his career, including the one against Sarah Palin. Um, but la- last night, I mean, the other night he he gave a mediocre performance and yet the way the media was talking about him 
was like he was the savior. Like he, everyone was saying, they were even admitting, all right, he had an okay, he had an okay outgoing, but you know what, it's, it's okay. And I think to myself, wow, if Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren or Amy Klobuchar, if they had a mediocre performance, they would say it was a mediocre performance. And yet it's okay because Joe Biden's a male and that's what we tend to settle for in this country is mediocre males. And, and what's interesting is the same thing could be said with Bernie Sanders and his throat issue. Now, listen, me personally, I don't care that he sounded like he had a frog in his throat. Doesn't bother me any. However, I distinctly remember during the election uh, in 2016, everyone having a problem with Hillary Clinton because she was coughing and pretty much they thought she had throat cancer and was hiding it. They, they said she had a thyroid problem, which, by the way, doesn't kill you. So I don't even know why that was <laughs> a topic. But she had everything under the sun. But Bernie Sanders, it's sort of, he gets to take three days off uh, from his campaign to deal with his throat issue, and then he'll be back, and no questions asked. I'm sorry if that, again, was a woman we would be demanding as a country to know what was wrong or what are they hiding or, you know, it's just those are in your face. We don't even realize as a society. We just accept it as the norm. And I'm saying to you, my listeners, that is not the norm. It's what society has told us to be the norm. It is okay to say, you know, what's really going on with Bernie Sanders' throat? Again, not my issue, but it's okay to question that. And it's okay to question women if they have a coughing issue. Or, but it's, it's got to be equal, folks. It's got to be both sides. Both sides of the coin here have got to be the same. I just thought it's so crazy how they kept saying that Joe Biden, it was Joe Biden's night, Joe Biden's night. And I thought, really? Were we watching the same debate? Because I felt like Senator Kolbachar had a very strong moment and uh, she was out there on the side and she kind of came in and she was policy driven and she had her facts together and she was prepared and I barely heard anything about her. I think that Kamala Harris, Senator Harris had some shining moments and yet didn't really hear much about her. So I find it to be so amazing that, I mean, to be a, to be a, <laughs> I hate to say this, but to be a white male in this country is, wow, you know, uh, the struggle ain't so real, you know, because Joe Biden to me is if he was a woman, they wouldn't even be talking about him because he's just he's Uncle Joe. We all love him, but he's always a, a what do you say? He's always a groomsman, never a groom. We have the most women candidates we've ever had in the history of our country. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. And none of these debates have they brought up reproductive issues. I mean, I hate to break it to you folks, but Roe v. Wade is on the ballot. It was on the ballot in 2016, and some of some people ignored that, and now we're learning. But it it is on the ballot. And women's reproductive issues is on the ballot. We are seeing Planned Parenthood being gutted across the land. And yet, never once in these debates are we hearing anything about women's issues. The last time I think I heard anything was when Senator Gildebrand was up there, and she had to bring it up herself because it was not being asked. And... <laughs> I mean, we make up 51% of this country. Our reproductive issues should be spoken about, I believe, on the national stage. And I would like to know these candidates, how they feel about these issues that are going on with women, women's rights once more. But yet, not happening. So um, I guess my overall theme is that we've come, like I said in the beginning, we've come so far, but yet we have so far to go. Yeah, I can't, I'm very much looking forward to talking to my 
girlfriends, uh, my fabulous, fabulous girlfriends, and just continuing this conversation about equality and all that jazz. So I hope you'll join me. All right, guys, so I want to do a little segment today, like I mentioned earlier, that I like to call Sisters in the Trenches, because at the end of the day, as females, that is what we are, Sisters in the Trenches. And I have three of my sisters here with me today, my lovely girls. I have my girlfriend and my fabulous hairdresser, <laughs> Marissa. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. All right. I have my girl Amber from way, way back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and I got my lovely love, Barbara. Hi. These are my girls, my sisters in the trenches. Thank you all for being here today with me. They are all podcast virgins, so uh, I'm popping their cherries today. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I just wanted to have a conversation about um, women and how we are with each other in terms of what society has kind of um, put upon us where we're always in competition with each other so therefore we're not always the best to each other and uh, you always hear women say oh it's so it's so nice to have a girlfriend because it's so hard to find like real girls and real like and it's so true it's yeah. in my life I've experienced that for sure so I just wanted to switch it around of see how they you all felt about that do you feel that way do you feel that it's hard <clears throat> to find true women friends in your life and you know um Barbara I'll start with you how do you feel you know it's I have a very I guess kind of romanticized sense of relationships with women because growing up I was raised by women I always had women friends and so I think innocently when I um started in my professional life I thought that it was going to be the same that it automatically yeah. because we're we're the same gender mm -hmm. that uh, we would automatically connect and I'm learning and I've learned over the years it's that's just not the case um, mm -hmm. that it can be challenging that sometimes you know women take on sort of this male mm -hmm. uh, image if you will and um, and I get it because you know they're working really hard to sort of get get through life and get <laughs> yeah. through the professional yeah. uh, realm, but um, sometimes it can even be more challenging. So that was really disappointing Yeah, yeah because that was not my childhood. I was surrounded by great women and great girlfriends. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, completely. Mm -hmm. And Barbara has a very strong mom, too, so I think that's... I do. Yeah, I have a strong mom. Um, she's, you know, Haitian immigrant, didn't speak the language, raised six kids by herself, and so we were raised... Um, by our aunties, our moms, uh, and that was our little that was our little family, and uh, she taught me very early on that um, that you you al align yourself with other women and you support and bring women up, um, and I still believe that, but I have been a few times disappointed yeah. <laughs> in my adult life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think sometimes. Um, because it's just so hard for women to get ahead. I mean, it's yeah. just, I mean, as we've seen as recent as the last election, I mean, it's just breaking those glass ceilings that a lot of times women feel, like Barbara had said, it's the male sort of ego takes over in a way and feel like, okay, I love you, but I gotta go do my thing now and I gotta try to break that glass ceiling. Yeah. So it's how, as a, how do we get to the next page and realizing that we actually need each other 
If we all banded together and said, okay, we're going to take this, you make up 51% in this country. So it's like instead of taking each other down and making society, believing in society that, you know, we have to take each other on, it's like how do you, how do you do that? Amber, you're really good at having like a lot of girlfriends and mm. <laughs> being so positive and, and, you know, you always lift women up. Yeah, you've done it with me for sure. Yeah, so. I mean, I feel like I'm a positive person, and I also grew up with a single mom, and so I, I had my aunts, and my moms, and my cousins, and so I was just always around women and always wanting to have close relationships. But I think at the same time, like you said, when you get burnt, you kind of are like, okay, like should I be that close to people? Because almost like they use what you tell them against you later, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe your best friend goes after the guy that you were interested in and now you're like brokenhearted because you're like I gave I told her everything that I you know felt in my heart and then look what she did you know but for the most part I just try to surround myself with good people and then even when maybe someone's not good I try to see the good you know what I mean and I try to see like the other side or maybe like what they're going through you know because everyone is really going through something you know or went through something you know maybe in their childhood maybe in their career maybe their boss maybe you know their ex-boyfriend so for me I'm always like you know I feel like I'm like a little aloof because I'm always like people are like you're so naive you know but I'm like I like that you know I don't want to be that like hardened person that's like hard to everybody that they meet I want to be that person that's like open and like letting them in and if you prove me wrong you know that's fine but at least I know that I'm staying true to me and I'm not letting you change me you know right. or letting society change me as a person right so, yeah. and I will say for Amber's mom and her aunties I've met them and they are just like Amber open and the sweetest women and genuine and I think yeah. how sad it is I remember when I first met her mom I thought is this real like is this, <laughs> <laughs> this is nice yeah. this is genuine like yeah. I just met this woman and Amber and I used to, long story, but we used to go out and party all the time, oh, and yeah. the first time I met her mother, I was literally sick in her bathroom oh, from partying all night, and her mom's like, is she okay? Yeah. Is she? And I was like, is this one for real right now? Like, Let me get that, you That's a real, she like, kick you girls, out. yeah, no, not at all, it was no. so funny, but that's a real girl's girl, you know, yeah. and I think that's definitely probably why you are the way that you are, without a doubt. Yeah. And Marissa, you have also a lot of girlfriends. Yeah, a lot of girlfriends and a very female-dominated family. So yeah. from cousins mm -hmm. to aunts, we're majority female. And the matriarch of our family, which was my grandmother, was very, um, she was just like a really strong woman and really like emphasized like being strong and you know looking out for each other and kind of like, being on the same path so I think that's like important too to like pass it on to the next generation mm -hmm. so where I like I learned from my grandmother and I feel like my aunts and then my cousins we all kind of like look to her I think it's good to kind of be that person mm -hmm. for like the new generation for like my cousin's kids to look up to me and my daughter and stuff like that I yeah. think that's important I think that's important too. I think the key word is that all of us here were raised, sitting around, were raised by very strong women. My yeah. mom was a strong woman. My grandmother was a very strong woman. Yeah. And uh, I think that that speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Also because none of us are terrified by strong women because we were raised in it. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of times when you have women who can be a bit insecure, I guess, it's that they didn't see it. They didn't, see, and True. they think there's something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Or they, you know, and there's those then judgment comes in. 
You know, sometimes if you're a strong woman, you're seen as pushy or bossy or too much or, you know, I've heard all of those things. But, you know, I, and I think also for me personally, having role models that were very strong women, I grew up obviously idolizing Hillary Clinton and that was monumental in my life. And Nancy Pelosi was another one that was just, and Diane Feinstein too. And they, they again made it okay. So I think that's the importance of having women, strong women out in the, media, because if necessarily you don't have it at home, you can see it outside of home. True. Um, I think that that is, is huge, definitely. Yeah. And on that, I think it's also good when nowadays, I feel like it's not just, you know, one type of woman, mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's like all races, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. I think when maybe we were growing up or maybe before we were growing up, it's like, it wasn't so open and there yeah. weren't so many, you know, people that look like you, you know, yeah. so you're kind of like, okay, well, where do I fit in? But I feel like nowadays there's just like, it's just blown up, you yeah, know? And yeah. it's like, so you know, um, you know, even like Beyonce, she's a singer, but like she's standing up and she's singing songs about like, you know, black women and dark skin and just like embracing it and how beautiful you are. And it's not like you have to be one shade or, you know, one type of woman. You don't just have to work and like, that's your focus. You can also, you know, have a family and, you know, yeah. like it's, I feel like there's just so many, um, mentors out there for us to look at now that we kind of can like band together more and mm -hmm. stop being so like oh look what she's doing or like mm, like I wouldn't do it like that or like yeah. oh she's staying home or oh she's working like you know it's so yeah. there before it's like okay if you go to work now you're like abandoning your kids or yeah you know or you decide to stay home and it's like what's wrong with you you don't have an education but now there's just so many opportunities for you know to do a part-time or to do something like a podcast where like maybe you can still like have a job and a career and then also be like that matriarch and that person that's in the house you know yeah. so yeah. i mean i i love it like i just love where our society is going and yeah. also with the fact that you know with sexual harassment and things like that that also you know brings women down because they're afraid if they speak up they're gonna lose their job that's how it was before yeah. now it's like completely different now it's like you know what if something is done wrong to you you're treated unfairly if you're sexually harassed like you bring it up and it's like it's not gonna just be swept under the rug like it's we're taking like this is going to the next level now with the me too movement so i love that because i feel like when i was growing up at work or i wasn't gonna say anything because i'm like i want to keep my job you know i'm just gonna like focus on my work and like ignore whatever is coming my way or if someone's being rude or you know treating me bad but now it's like you can just, you know, speak up for yourself and say, this is, no, I'm not going to take this. And people, are, they can't retaliate against you anymore. Now it's like, no, they have to take you at your word and really see it through, mm -hmm. you know, and do the right thing now, you know, right. rather than yeah. just being like, well, you know, that's how you saw it or, you know, it wasn't meant like that, you know, and I think yeah. that also plays into women not, you know, kind of coming together because, you know, if you have a, a group of people that are saying this girl said this happened to her, it's like, well, she did wear little skirts or, you know what I mean? She was like flirty, you know what I mean? She did laugh at people and it's like, that's not a, a reason for her to like be treated badly, you know? And now I feel like because people are sticking together and they're not like going to talk smack about that person, they're going to be like, actually that happened to me too. You know what I mean? And I'm so glad that like now you're speaking up and I want to speak up too, so... Right, I and I think that's a great point. And I think sometimes we forget how far we've come. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, yeah. I remember distinctly when Hillary Clinton in an interview said, "I'm not some woman who's going to sit home and bake cookies." I'm paraphrasing <laughs> here, you know. And I and that was, I mean, 
people yeah. lost their moms, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. or Anita Hill, if you think about that yeah. case. And so how far we've come that you're right, we have this diversity of opinions where you can stay home and bake cookies if you want, mm-hmm. but that's an option. Like we actually mm-hmm. have options now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what I was thinking as we were talking is that, you know, society sends us mixed signals as women mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's sort of, they want us to be fragile and um, unintrusive, but yet um, in order to get ahead, you have to fight so much. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn the game in a very quote unquote male way. Mm-hmm. And so I think women just don't know, you know, so which of it is in it. As you were saying, as a black woman, that's even more twofold. It's sort of, you know, your aggression is seen mm-hmm. as very, uh, um, uh, I don't know, dangerous or, uh, yeah, people don't 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 do well with it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and yet, you know, you have to show up with confidence. You have to claim what you want, and so there are all these mixed signals, and um, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah, I think about. It. I have a almost eleven year old niece. And she's everything to me, but she is so much more confident than I was at 11 years old. Right. I mean, because she 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 went on the journey of the 2016 election with me, and so like Hillary's important in her life, but she pays attention, and she's I mean, she stands up to bullies at school, to boy bullies, and she says that's not right, and that's not okay, and just be nice, and like I mean, I look at her and I think, oh my god, like we. We, as the next the generation before, we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. If these yeah. young ones are coming in and having that much confidence to stand up, like Amber said, and say, no, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, oh my gosh, we've come so far. We still have so far to go, definitely. I mean, yeah. like we can talk about equal pay. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not paid the same. Yeah, right. African-American women are paid even less. Latinas are paid even less than white. Yeah. So there's still so much work to be done. But that's why I'm so much about on my Instagram and things like that, you know, hashtag the future is female, hashtag girl power, because I think those things are so important for us all to see. That we're just in the trenches together, trying to get through, like Barbara said, with these mixed signals. I mean, and also we have a society that rewards, like I say, like mediocre men for their behavior if they just show up. Like Mm -hmm. for me personally, like the last debate, Joe Biden, he just shows up and does okay, in my opinion, and, <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like, oh, well, that's great, and I mean, where you had three strong women standing up there doing their thing, and no one really talked about it, yeah. you know, I mean, so that's, I think that's the next, I also think that there's a lot of people who are afraid if women really came into their power, and what that could mean, and how uncomfortable that makes them, and they don't want to admit that, for sure, you know, I yeah. mean, so, you know, like, Marissa, you just had a baby a few months ago, and she's yeah. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so how do you feel as a mom of a daughter? I mean, I mean it definitely hopes? makes you, you know, think about everything and look at things differently and and pay attention to things that maybe you didn't before, and everybody always says that, but I think it's definitely heightened when you have a girl and you're the mom and you're just like, oh, how is this going to affect her? Is she going to be, you know... I look at other people and, and what they're putting their daughters in and just down to like outfits and how that exposes them at such a young age mm-hmm. and the attention they get. And I think as females, we're so, because of hormones, I mean, it's true, like we just function differently than men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's definitely something that I, I'm looking at more now versus prior to being a mom. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely. I think um, something as simple as 
having a woman president can make a yeah. And I'm not just talking about any woman, by the way. <laughs> it has to be a qualified woman. Y'all. Right. Okay. Sure. And one that supports women's issues. Yes, too. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Completely. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Check mark there. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that that will change so much for our country. Mm-hmm. I think that, like I said just a bit ago, that so the country's so afraid of that, of, of breaking that grass ceiling, because what does it look like? And then it's going to be like, once we get there, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like this, done this before. Yeah, we were like, wow, why did we do this 20 years ago? I yeah. mean, it's going to be, but it's, it's like pulling that band-aid off. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, and I also think having all of these women candidates, whether one likes them or not, I just think having that representation, all colors, all, I mean, I think it's huge. For just, sure. Because we didn't grow up with anything No, like that. exactly. It, was no. it wasn't even like a thought in your head. No. no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's no. just like. It's a man. It's gonna be a man. Like, yeah. it's a, like what do you mean? Like, is there yeah. another option? You yeah. know? And now Exce- it's like, yes. Yeah. 100%. Except for me, though, girl. I wrote Hillary Clinton a letter when I was in third grade, and I said, "You're gonna be the first woman president." Oh my goodness! It happened. Yeah. And, uh, I love yeah. it. <laughs> so I never. I was like, no, no, no. That's not gonna happen, y'all. That's gonna happen. But but I wonder why this country it's taken so I mean Pakistan has I know right. a head of state that's mm, a right, woman so yeah. so I think India things. right India, India has well. yes um, I mean Haiti has had you know uh, and those countries are so behind yeah South in America women's America's rights. Rights. Uh, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah abortion crazy. is still illegal yeah in, in exactly and spaces. now they're so I just wonder what is it I'm not sure I quite understand why it's taking us this long I don't yeah. get but, it either you know, England. Yeah, England. I mean, they have the key. Like, yeah. That don't scare them at all. No. Oh, exactly. She's not, I mean, she's not going anywhere. No. Either. She's like, wow. Wow. No, she got Megan now to keep her company. I'm like, oh, man. She's laughing. I was like, I didn't even know the queen could laugh. I was like, dang. Hanging with Megan's right? dog. Megan from the hood. But no, I, yeah, I don't know why either, why it's taking us so long. It's, it's, we get so close, and then we just fall, it just falls apart. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that Lex glass ceiling is is broken sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things are crazy right now in terms of the election and all of that. But I mean, just and then I also look at like because I don't like to talk about the current man in the White House on the <laughs> podcast too much because I feel like people are just tired of hearing about him. Yeah. But yeah. I just will say this. The importance of having someone like him in the White House is monumental in terms of my niece. I've never once said a single bad thing about him um, because I wanted her to make her own decisions. And she just says to me, I don't like him because he's just not that nice. (laughs) Now, she is 10 years old. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, that is... And you think about the kids. She's a very, like I said, a confident little girl. And I think about the little girls and little boys who aren't so confident. Right. And they hear the things that he's saying, and they mm-hmm. think that's normal. And to be a bully and to be not nice is, is the new normal. And to say really not nice things about women is, you know, because, like, Amber has a little boy. And mm-hmm. as a mom of a little boy, how do you feel about all of Oh, I mean, it, like, depresses me thinking about, like, the things that he says and for him to be setting an example for, like, younger people. And I totally agree with the fact that um, the way that he talks about women. And I think that the sad part is there are a lot of people that think like that. You yeah, know, because sure. uh, there are a lot of men, you know, that are like, 
where is a woman's place? The and woman's women place too, though. is at home. <laughs> the woman's place is in the kitchen. Like, the woman is supposed to be seen, not heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they get offended, personally offended, if, like, someone is speaking up and is using their voice. Because they're like, where's the man? You know, yeah. like, I don't want, you know what I mean? And I've definitely been in rooms, you know, at work where people are like, you know, it's like, okay, thank you. But, like, we need, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, we need, need the man, man to, yeah. like, yeah. say, okay, he's the final voice. You know right. what I mean? And yeah. I even catch myself, like, um, I recently had a client, and she was like, oh, the president is at the company is out of town, and I said, okay, well, let me know when he gets back, and she's like, it's a she, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm, like, the one, like, you know what I mean, like, going straight yeah. forward, but it's like, that's where my mind went, yeah, it was just yeah. like, okay, you know, it's he, yeah. it's like, the president is a he, like, I didn't, it, it didn't even, like, really cross my mind, it was just, like, a reaction to her saying the president's yeah. not there, that it's a he, you know, yeah. and so I'm like, you're right, like, oh, you know what, I'm so sorry, and every other aspect of my life, I feel like I'm so, like, I try to just, like, you know, think of both sides, someone's name is Tristan, I don't know if that's a man or a woman, I'm just like, yeah. Tristan, hi Tristan, like, I can't, you know what I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to, like, figure out if I'm writing a note to that person, I'm like, I just got to say, dear Tristan, because I can't say dear miss or miss, you know, I don't know, you know, and I try to just be open to it, you know, and then the fact that I'm the one that would say like, oh, okay, when he gets back. (laughs) So um, I just think that, like you said, it's like the way that we've been programmed and we are moving in the right direction. But I think that there are so many people that are still, you know, believing that's where the woman should be. And the man, you know, it's like the woman has hormones. She has emotion. She can't yeah. control herself, you know. Yeah. And it's like, that's not true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. men also can't control themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Aren't oh, they the ones getting in fights and, you know, getting crazy and doing yeah. all these crazy yeah. things? Like, it's both ways. It's not just one person, you know. We do have the hormones and we do get emotional. But, like, hello, we, we create the world. Yeah. Without us, there would be no, you know, more people. There wouldn't be any more humans. Oh, she you know? preaching, like, child. She preaching. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're allowed to get emotional. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't mean we're populating weak, the world. No. You know, like, emotions aren't weak, yeah. and we've trained ourselves as girls, girls, women, that emotions are weak and and don't cry. I think so many times back, and I didn't cry. I didn't. What? Yeah. Who cares? Like honestly, who cares? Yeah. So like Amber says, a guy yeah. can react and be hysterical and be and that's yeah. and that's and cool. It's fine. Yeah. You know, but yeah. a woman cries one time and oh, she's the crier. Yeah. It's like yeah. that like section of city unstable or something. Yeah. With Miranda, where she cries, she's like, I cried one time in the law office and I'm the crier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, as women, that's what we're trained to do. It's mm-hmm. true. Barbara, you work in corporate. How do you navigate yourself? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a little easier when you work in media and entertainment, obviously, because it's a bit more fluid. There's a lot of women in that world, although, you know, not that many women on the very top. Um, but again, because you're working in an industry where it's about communications, where it's about, um, you know, a very popular product and you have to be the face of the company, you're constantly aware of how your behavior, your emotions and um, are are um, are controlled. Uh, I don't know if men in the office have to go through that. No, I can um, tell you no, they don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you We're do being have real to, here. Right. So. You yeah. do have to smile when you walk into the conference in order to make people comfortable. Right. Um, there are things you don't say. Now the question is, um, you know, then are we all culprits then? Because, you know, do we women start changing that? And if I'm in a bad mood, I should just say I'm in a bad mood. Um, And so is it up to us to change that? I don't know. I think 
someone said it, we're talking about racism and how it's not just up to the person of color to to make the point about racism mm-hmm. that yeah. the, the white person in the room is actually really powerful to say that's not acceptable to me so i think in the same way men too should say yes. that you know what it's not on her mm-hmm. to yeah, make you comfortable right. to smile to be nice mm-hmm. right. um to make tough decisions and not be seen as sort of a bully or or the B word bitch. Yeah, uh, I think it's up to men to oh, to, to, to join us in this fight as well. It's yeah. not just on us. Yeah, without so, a doubt. Um, but it is easier. I think what's important though is I look at really young girls. Uh, I have nieces, and you know there are interns in the office who are quite young, and um, you know they're very confident. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. But I do think. <laughs> history is important Mm -hmm. because there is you can take things for granted Mm -hmm. for example you should know who Gloria Steinem is and yes there was an intern who didn't who didn't know who um Supreme Court Judge Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg did not know who she was and so what I did is I went and got her a little pamphlet she absolutely did not know who that was I think that's that's a problem I think we need to take let's not take this this revolution for granted yeah let's make sure girls are educated and know what women went through and how fragile it is it can be taken away and we're seeing that mm-hmm. in states like alabama like georgia like yeah. mississippi where women's rights are slowly and surely being taken away it's not guaranteed yeah i think that's what we're seeing like I said what we're seeing now is that um this new revival of the me too movement and the women's movement in general i think it's remarkable but i also think that it's we all I know that I did I'm not even gonna pretend right now I took it all for granted I thought my great-grandmother my grandmother they all fought for the I'm good but Mm -hmm. (laughs) thanks Gloria Steinem which I know she is don't worry (laughs) but uh you know I got you girl but thanks you know we're good we're solid and then because I truly believed Hillary was gonna come in and we were all gonna be okay and life was gonna be grand and she picked (laughs) great justices and we'd be okay and uh, and uh, she did win the popular vote, by the way. But uh, <laughs> anyways, but she didn't. And here we are. And this is what she was trying to say mm-hmm. about, you know, the it's so fragile and nothing's guaranteed. And I'm here to tell everyone that Roe v. Wade will be on, is on the ballot right now. But it will be discussed in the very near future. And it's, uh, it's a scary, scary thing. And that's why we all have to band together and... You know, no matter how you feel about abortion or your reproductive, this is about you as a woman making a decision for yourself. And that's it. No one else's business, not, you know, at the end of the day. So I think that history is <laughs> so important. That's why with my niece, I she knows everything about Hillary, but she also knows I got her the notorious RBG. I got her, you know, she knows who. I say, who's the Speaker of the House? She says Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she's. My girl is on it, so yeah, I think I it. it's I think it's huge, you know. So uh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I like Marissa's little girl. I've already gotten her like the future is She's no. I got her the future president. Future right? president. <laughs> <laughs> little onesie from Washington D.C. I got her exactly. good night Washington D.C. book. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I think it's important. No, yeah. totally. Right. And yeah. yeah. And also, I think speaking of Hillary Clinton, I think loss that kind of loss is also a very important lesson for women it is um yeah. because i was always t- taught by my mom who barely spoke english you work hard you do well and you get you'll get your rewards mm-hmm. and i wouldn't say otherwise to my nieces or to any little girl but it's not the case you yeah. can be 
Hillary Clinton, Yale grad, and all of the things on her resume and not get the reward. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's a real issue for women now. It's like, how do we get the reward? And how do we talk to our daughters about, you know, just keep fighting anyway? Mm-hmm. It's like the Dorothy Rodham, Hillary Clinton's mom. She told her, there was this really cute story when she was in fifth grade. They moved to a new neighborhood. And she, could, like, the little girls in the neighborhood didn't like her. Probably because she was too much for them, but you know, uh, she went out there and she came in and she was crying and her mom said, "What's wrong?" And she goes, "They they tried to beat me up." And she goes, "Uh uh-uh. uh." She goes, "You dust yourself off, you pick yourself up, and you go out there and you show them who Hillary Rodham is." And that's ingrained in who she is. So that's why this whole loss. I, I think of it that way. Like I I watched the way she handled that entire disaster, and I think to myself, "All right, that's what I got to do more of. I got to pick myself off, and I got to mm-hmm. say." Like Dorothy Rodham, I got to pick myself up and go out there and do it some more. And it's hard. It is so hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, after the election, I was dead to the world for about six months. Okay, you can ask my poor boyfriend because I was like just gone, checked out. Mm -hmm. But I think we got to move on and we got to move forward together, you know? Like Like Serena Williams. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She does it. You know, these great women, so it's not just about the triumph. But yeah. it's also how do they handle lo- a loss? And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Serena's a great example. She's a great example. Yeah, I can't think of any. <laughs> I can't think so, of other uh, women who've lost, but yeah. I'm sure there are a few others. Yeah, it's uh, without a doubt. You know, it's um, without a doubt. So I'm gonna go around and ask you, ladies, really quick: Who was your role model when you were 10 years old, and who's your role model now? I'll start with you, Barbara. 10 year old Barbara, baby Barbara. Ah. Well, besides my mom and my sister, <laughs> you mean so non-family, mm-hmm. non-family. I have to tell you, when I read Anne Frank, um, I decided that I was also going to write, but I also decided the power, she's got the power of spirit. Like this little girl did this. She accomplished this kind of, she, she contributed this kind of humanity to the world that even adults can't do. It changed my mind. It, 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 it taught me that the world is a darker place, though, because I, I mean, when I read that, I was broken. I was crying and telling mom, I can't finish this book. I can't finish this. It's too sad. And, um, but she changed, she changed my sense of you know, what I'm able to do. You know, if, you can, if you can accomplish under those circumstances, there's nothing you can't do. Rachel. She's one of them. And now, now today, Oh, now today. Who's my role model today? I know, I know who you're going to say. I feel like I can fill in the blanks. Oh, really? I might surprise you. You know, I have to say, Oprah Winfrey Mm -hmm. is, I've followed her. I think we all can say Oprah. (laughs) She's a fairy godmother, but just... Again, that you can come from nothing, yeah. that all the odds are against you, that no one is betting on you, mm-hmm. and somehow you can get through, and not somehow, you work hard, you persevere, oh, she's also got this like, incredible talent and intelligence that maybe most people don't have, I don't right. know, but yeah, that's, that's the She one. also listens to the whispers. When God speaks to her, she says God speaks to her and whispers, and then Amber listens to her, it's just yeah. And she keeps really, here's the key. Who does she surround herself with? Well, Maya Angelou, the late Maya Angelou. Like all be like Oprah. There's a great woman, you know, surround yeah. yourself with really like people that are smarter and yeah. better at it women. than you. She has so many women around her. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. that so. are just and she's never probably because she's Oprah, but also she's never intimidated by anyone. Yeah. Even in yeah. the beginning. I mean, I remember watching her very, very young and yeah. just 
being like, damn, this girl's yeah. not a fair. I mean, yeah. So no, you no, know. her show got me through quite a few relationships. <laughs> Oprah taught me how to uh, if you get kidnapped, yeah, how to fight like hell at the first spot because the second if they take never get in the spot, car, she said. Yeah, but also if you get to the second spot, there's a good chance you did. So I remember as a kid, <laughs> yeah, she taught me a lot. I used to watch that show full time, all the time. Yeah, Amazing. real talk, Miss Amber, ten oh. year old Amber, who's your role? Oh uh, well, my mom, a hundred percent. I think that's like why I am the person I am today, um, why I work so hard, because she was a single mom and she like never made me think that um, like we didn't have money or like we couldn't afford it. Like all my life I just thought like, oh, I just thought, I mean, I was an only child, so I thought I was like the ish, but I was just like, I needed new shoes. I wanted food. I, you know, wanted a car, like whatever I wanted. I just like said it and it was like happened, you know, just like that. And so once I started seeing like, oh wait, she's like working multiple jobs and like, it's not that easy. And like, maybe she is struggling a little bit. And I said, you know what? Like my goal in life was to one day be able to just take care of her, you know, and just to pay it forward for like her, like not ever making me feel like, like, oh, I'm tired. I've been working two jobs or like, you know, your daddy's not paying bills. Like she never did that. She wanted me to have a great relationship with my dad. She would never like talk bad about him at all like I had to see it for myself and I'm glad that she did that because it let me see that for myself you know whether like what he was standing up for and what she was standing up for so that was my childhood idol was definitely my mom I mean we got into it because like (laughs) mother and daughter but you know just I just was so proud of her for and I said to myself like one I said of course like I'll just be able to always take care of myself just like her but then at the same time I want to give back to her you know and I do to this day so and then now my role model now, oh my god well there, I mean for me it's not one particular person she there's, people. there's yeah okay <laughs> you already know um I, I mean I, I follow so many people um and there's one woman who's like a mother and um also an entrepreneur her name is Denise Vassy that I love oh, but I love her just too. oh I just love her She's and amazing. I love she just inspired yeah. me to like you know I loved feeding my son organic food and just you know being present and you know cutting off the tv and just really like trying to let them develop who they are you know and i think that's what i love about her and um just all the the good energy that she puts into her life and you know i'm all about energy and peace and love and all that stuff so um but there's so many women not just public figures but people in my in my life like one of my friends alina just like you know she just is so uplifting and then she also just uplifts herself you know and just she sees a challenge i remember when i was kind of switching jobs and i had to do both jobs because i hadn't hired someone for the last job and but i was also needing to do the new job and i was telling her i don't think i can do this like it's too much like i think i'm gonna give up you know and she's like you're gonna do this you're gonna do it you know and you're gonna you're gonna do both jobs you know and eventually you will be doing your job but you're gonna see it through you know like it might be hard you might be tired you might feel like giving up but you're gonna do it you know what I mean? And I was like, and it literally got me through that job. And then I also had a boss, Jordana, who was just like, I mean, anytime I came to her, she just had the answer. Like, she's like, oh, this is what we're going to do. You're going to say A, B, and C. I'm going to send you an email. We're going to do this. And I, I just love that because I felt like I was so, you know, oh, I need to figure out an answer. I don't know what to say. And she was just so on it, you know, and then also just a compassionate person. She wasn't that boss that's like, normally it's like with the women, like we started out talking about how 
women are kind of against each other and they can't really help each other out. And, you know, if you have a woman boss, she's probably mean and nasty and, you know, rude. And she was the complete opposite. Like, no question was stupid to her. No, nothing that you could bring to her was going to make her think less of you. She was just going to be like, thank you for bringing this to me. And, like, now here's the answer. And, like, please come back if you need anything else, you know. And just, like, an open ear and listening. And I, you know, I just grew from being underneath her. So, Every day I feel like I find like a mentor, you, you know, I'm sitting here on your podcast, you know, it's like, (laughs) who would have thought like, you know, but I just, I'm inspired by people just doing things that they're passionate about and just, you know, stepping into their, you know, their magnetic, you know, energy. And that's what you're doing. It's like, you have something to say and you're saying it and you're, you didn't just say like, oh, one, one day, maybe I'll do it one day. You're doing it, you know, and that's what I like. And I like people who take charge of their lives and literally, you know, are knowing what they're they want to do and do it so i you know you're one of them too you're on the list my long list we're all part of the oprah winfrey school right here can we just say all of us all right miss marissa 10 year old marissa 10 year old me okay so i would say for sure non-celebrity would be my grandmother and my mom and still to this day and even though my grandmother is gone i still just hold everything she told me from when I was a kid until now and how things make sense and she like gave me these little like words of wisdom and now as an adult it totally like makes sense and I see it so that's awesome um and then on the celebrity side I would say <laughs> 10 year old me and funny kind of going back to how like growing up there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me mm-hmm. um and so the person I gravitated to and funny enough it was just because of her hair because she had curly hair was Carrie Russell. Aww. I loved her so much. She was my favorite. And so I just felt like she was always like a positive, good actress, like seemed like a really sweet Felicity. person. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mickey Mouse Club, that was like yeah, my yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was 10-year-old me. Aww. And then now, um, kind of like what Amber was touching on, it's kind of great to now with social media have like these influencers um, it kind of makes it feel more real. It's not like an actress or, you know, a pop star. Um, mm-hmm. So one of my faves, I love Denise as well, um, but one of my faves is Chef Marcella Viadolid. Mm-hmm. Um, she's amazing. Yeah, I she is. She's great. I love what she does for Latin American yeah. women and showcasing, like, just, like, being someone who came from Tijuana and growing up in Tijuana but did, you know, schooling in San Diego and kind of going back and forth. Yeah. and and exposing that to Americans and non-Latinos. I think she's great at that. So yeah, she's, she's definitely on the top of my list, on top of, like, Denise and so many other, like, but these influencers are great. And like Amber said, I think it's great to just see people doing what they love. And it's yeah. it's authentic, and it's nice to see that. Yeah. And that, like, motivates me mm-hmm. Good. You know, to do my thing and, yeah. and continue in a positive way. And last but not least. But not least. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you guys have no idea who I'm going to say. No idea. Ten-year-old me, Hillary Rodham Clinton. And uh, 34-year-old me, Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> um, along with uh, my mom. I mean, I didn't really grow to appreciate my mom until I was in my 20s. And I kind of went through my own struggles and my mom just held it down and I realized how strong she really was. 
And definitely at the same time, like my grandma was those two women. Oh my God. And my mom, since my grandmother passed away a little over a year ago and watching my mom grieve and be very human and at the same time try to be strong for me and my dad and my family is just, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. And if I can be half the woman that she is, then I've done something right with my life because yeah. she's pretty remarkable. So I'm, I'm proud to be her daughter and I'm proud to be my grandma's granddaughter, you know, without a doubt. So I'm the same way. Like I think back and I have so much wisdom that my grandma gave me and I didn't even realize she was giving me this wisdom and mm -hmm. I hold it very close to me, you know, and I know that she'd be so proud of me doing this. She wouldn't understand this. She thinks the internet was the worst thing to ever happen. The computer was the worst thing. I asked her one time, I was like, Grandma, what's the best thing that ever happened in your life? And yeah, she's lived 83 years. So she's like, well, I don't know, but I know the worst thing. And I was like, what? She goes, the computer. She goes, it ruined everything. And I was like, all right. So sometimes I agree and sometimes I don't. Because, you know, it's craziness, it's craziness. But uh, yeah, I just want to thank you, ladies, so much for coming. Oh, I hope you had fun. Yes, and I hope you want to do it again, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it. I'll feed you and give you rosé and okay. the whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, until next time, I love you all, and this is the OG of the HRC signing off. Mm -hmm.